0: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Waterworks podcast. I am Karen Weiss. I am your host and here with me is my co-host, Missy Schoonover.
1: Hello, people of the interweb. (laughs) (laughs) I I just say that because someone said that to me yesterday and it made me laugh. They call it the interwebs.
0: (laughs) Nice. I call it the Netflix. The Netflix. The Netflix. I like it. So, we've been gone for a little bit. Missy and and my schedules have been pretty crazy over the last month. We've had a book launch, and I've had some different commitments, and Missy is traveling around and with her other commitments, and so we are happy to be back with you today. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're going to talk about something that was recently brought up um, in our last podcast about knowing. And so, last podcast was about listening and kind of hearing God's voice and, and knowing how we know. Uh, and so we're going to continue with that because a lot of people that I meet with, or even that I just have conversations with walking down the street, it seems, are interested in learning how to make decisions and include God in those decisions. And so we're going to be talking about discernment today. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> um, However, we have entitled this episode, When You Don't Know Shit, because sometimes that's where you start. Many times. Often. That is where you start.
1: (laughs) You don't even know where to start. Yes. You're that far out in the weeds.
0: Yeah. So, there are things that we know we know. There are things we know we don't know. There are things we don't know... That we don't know. That we don't know. That we should know. Yeah, that we should know. And then there's don't know that we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm So often, yeah, we start with the discernment going, I don't even know where to begin. I have a question that I want answered, but there's not, I have no direction. I have no, no understanding of how I'm supposed to make this decision.
1: Or, or often times, you and I found ourselves early, early on before we learned about discernment. Because if you've been following this podcast, you know that yeah, Karen and I wrecks. were train wrecks, and at times my train still goes off the track. Um, but we thought that we could learn by reading books hmm. and researching all the things that we needed to know. But a lot of times in those early days when we would say oh we need to discern this the answer we already had the answer we were just trying to find a way to justify what we wanted Yeah, and that was a big learning mm-hmm. a learning curve that, that we went through yeah. in learning about discernment you really can't go into a discernment season with an end game <laughs> yeah. it doesn't well, work that you way you can
0: but that's That's not called discernment, Mm -mm. Um, Mm -mm. so, so really the basics of discernment are you have a question that you want an answer to, and then you start to fill in the parts and pieces. And by the way, I should mention, if you hear talking and whatnot in the background, we're in my new office space. Huzzah! Hooray! It's fabulous. Yes. So, information will be forthcoming. Yes. Um, We're giving it a test run. We are giving it a test run. <laughs> Today is the test run. Um, so you start with your question and the most simple way to do this is to not ask an open-ended question but to ask a yes or a no question. Mm-hmm. It's when you're first starting the discernment and Exercising this muscle because it is a muscle um, Start with a yes or no question God am I supposed to go left or am I supposed to go right? You know or you mm-hmm. have two options right. for your right. question or you know am I supposed to go to seminary? Yes, or no am I supposed to change jobs? Yes, or no, and so you want your first question to be simple to be straightforward what else would you, add? And, you know
1: and a lot of times when you're when you're trying to hone in on that first question at least for me that's where a lot of my own personal leanings my bias would come in my arrogance my pride would come in because we can say start with the yes or no start with the this or that And when you're looking at something that you need to make a decision on and you know that you need the Lord's guidance to make this decision your reasoning tells you it's super easy to come up with that first
0: question it's not it's not that first question is really hard
1: that that was the biggest struggle for me and when you called discernment a muscle couldn't agree more because it was a muscle that I had never ever exercised. Mm-hmm. So when we're saying the yes or no, try to be mm-hmm. as Switzerland as you can
0: yeah. with your own issue. And, and we'll get to talk about that more in a bit. Yeah. And how that, you do
1: that. That, But that is so, so important. Starting with that broad question yeah, and then sitting to listen for the answer. Mm-hmm.
0: That's And that's not, an easy thing to do Mm-mm. no and it one of the things that I've noticed uh, with the people that I'm talking with on a fairly regular basis is that the first question that we think to ask is not actually the first question I fall into this you mm-hmm. fall into this like we remind each other okay what's the question before the question the
1: question before the question we should have a t-shirt we We should just buy a screen press we have all these t-shirt ideas we do (laughs) there's a discernment question should I buy a (laughs) a screen screen shirt press or whatever they're called
0: Um, so really honing in on what are the important pieces of what you're looking at teasing them out and if you don't have someone to talk to this is where a spiritual director can be incredibly helpful to give you that that balance or outside perspective and yeah start with yes or no and be willing to take time yes which i'm sure everyone who is listening right now just shook their
1: fist at me (laughs) and if you didn't we're going to give you time right now to do it shake away
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) because the time aspect is not something that we're great with we're not
1: we live in You've heard me say this for, you know, for eons. We are a microwave society. If I can't have it in 30 seconds, you know, it, thinking back, the Internet, the interwebs, <laughs> as the lady <laughs> yesterday called it. Um, you know, like I remember. 75. At least. Awesome. At least. Um, when When we first had Internet. You know, and it was dial-up. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? You could like go and mm-hmm. brew a pot of coffee because there was no such you thing could. as a cake. Yeah. You know, come back and maybe you were online. Now, if my Wi-Fi glitches for like two seconds,
0: I'm annoyed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we think that we should have answers on command.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, that's not how God operates. Yeah.
0: Mm-mm. Google and God might start with the same letter, but they operate in completely different ways.
1: That's fantastic. I'm going to use that. Google and God. That's a, that's a good one. Cuz
0: yeah. like but seriously true. you you think you can find everything on Google. Oh. And I you mean, can't. Do you remember when Google
1: what like, became a verb, yeah. you know? I mean, yes. really. Cuz that's crazy. lovely. It's crazy. But it's true. Yeah. You know, and confession time, has anyone in our interweb listening sphere, I'm going to say interweb like a hundred times today, just because
0: I can. All right, and you can now officially make this a drinking game. <laughs> okay, I won't do it again
1: just because of that, because we cannot condone binge drinking. That is not a good choice. Um, you, okay, you know, <laughs> that's just not even funny now that I'm thinking about it, but it kind of is. Have you ever, I'm asking Karen, because I already know the answer, and she knows the answer to myself. So I'm asking all of our listeners, have you ever had a decision to make and you've actually gone online to Google mm-hmm. and like typed in some sort of query related to a decision that you need to make? Have you ever done
0: that? I have looked up information around the idea, but I've not ever typed in the question, mm-hmm. I don't think.
1: Because mm-hmm. we don't go that far. Yeah but we're in our quest for information yeah we are manipulating all these yeah. other things rather than just shutting up mm-hmm. going into a time of prayer and saying yeah. god yes or
0: no left or right yeah and and information gathering is an important part of discernment but if it's if it's the first thing that you automatically do before even asking the question that's not it might not be the best order, and that and, was
1: where I lived my life, mm. and that's why I say it's important to to understand what discernment yeah. is, because I was trying to find all the information to mm. justify what I thought the answer was. Yes. So then God would see, oh, look at all this research she's done. Look at oh, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> well, of course I'm going to agree with her. Yeah, that
0: that's not it. That's, that's not, not discernment. discernment. <laughs> Yeah. So with discernment, you start with a question, preferably a yes or no question or a one of two answers question. And then you sit with it for a while. And it could be 20 minutes. It could be five minutes. It could be while you're in the car driving to wherever you have to go. It could be Honestly, the thought that just came to mind was being bored in a pastor sermon and staring mm-hmm. up at the church ceiling, mm-hmm. wondering what God would have for you. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. all of these all of these moments. And I for me, discernment necessarily isn't about the end result anymore. It was it was so much about the the end result. The end at game first. was
1: strong with both of us.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Very strong because we were still such in that world of control. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that need to control. So that was. Well, and even just the need
0: to have an answer. I for me, it. anyway. I want my answer and I want it yesterday. Yeah. And to be like, okay, well, this is where, this is what I'm shooting for. The whole point of discernment is to get an answer. And. <laughs>
1: Asterix, not always the answer that you want. Yes. But the answer. Like
0: capital T. Yes, an answer. Yeah. And so discernment is as much about relationship with ourselves and God and the people that we bring into the discernment process. It's way more about that than it is about the actual decision. So for all of you who are really concerned about doing the right thing and wanting to make sure that you do what God really wants you to do. Spend time with the divine. Honor the divine honor God in whatever way you do that. Honor yourself. And God will be pleased. Absolutely. So for those of you who are Enneagram type ones, such as myself. Um again a moment to shake your fist at me. Okay. So discernment is about relationship. It's about listening to God and listening to yourself too. Mm-hmm. Like and so after you've formulated a question, the next thing is to sit with the question, like we said, and spend time with God in prayer. Around the question. You should find out pretty quickly. If it's. The question you should be asking. At that time. Absolutely. Um, And trust. And trust that. And trust that. So. Trust is a huge part of this. Which is. On so many levels. Again. Not something that has come easily. for Missy Mm -hmm. or I. No. We have. We have. Learned our trust in God. Very much through discernment. Yes. Um. And being willing to step out and having other people encourage us in trying what we think God might be telling us.
1: Um, even when we made <laughs> even when we made mistakes, yeah, or we thought that we had heard, mm-hmm. but maybe we hadn't even heard, you know, we we learned to trust God. Mm. Um, and that may be something that our listeners are like. Well, of course you can trust God. Like that might be something that you've never struggled with, but if you are someone who has struggled with that, we hear you. We see you. We hear you. Yeah. Because and yourself. Because that's the that's the key that really unlocked this whole process for I think both of us and others as well. Is I didn't tru- I said I didn't trust God, but at the end of the day, I didn't trust myself.
0: Yeah. Um, and it can I, be a both hand yeah. i I fall under the category of both hand and more it was, strongly, and it depended upon like the they... situation,
1: yeah of where I fell into that, you mm-hmm.
0: know, or
1: I would hear very clearly you know after my yes, no, this that you know question you know to God about what to do, and I would get the answer but then I wasn't sure was that really you know I would try to yeah. second guess. Mm -hmm. And then that takes you, once you get that yes, no, this, that, left, right, then you go into the next phase Mm -hmm. of discernment, which is just like being
0: on a roller coaster Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) Yeah. But in order to get to that, that answer, like sometimes if you are an incredibly intuitive person and God's, God speaks to you fairly quickly, um, this discernment thing may take you five minutes, which is really annoying. <laughs> I find it incredibly
1: annoying that Karen can go through phase one of discernment, like in the time that it takes me to like peel a banana or something, because I am not
0: that yeah. fast.
1: It takes me longer to hear God because it takes me
0: longer to quiet everything. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's, an, it's a muscle to exercise. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and we're all created differently yeah. so Karen's ability to discern really quickly the yes no and the fact that it takes me longer does well, not mean that Karen's a better discerner than me
0: or it's no. we're all different. It's also partly because I sit in direction with people and I exercise my discernment several times a week. True. So it's not only with me yeah, but it's with you know, Not at this point, other fifteen other people. Right, that's so, true. You know, so my discernment muscle is pretty is pretty active on a regular basis. Um, but if yours isn't, which is probable, um, yeah, it might it might take you a bit longer, which is completely and totally okay. So you go through the questioning, just figuring out and devising the question and then you sit with it. And then if that is the right question or the the appropriate question for the time, then you go into starting with, what do you know about the question? And this can take lots and lots of forms. I know that when I'm, I tend to run around in circles in my brain Not a surprise to any of you listening. And so my spiritual director knows that when I bring something to her, I have looked at this from every angle possible, and I have twisted myself up in knots, and I need someone to help me. Um, And so I come to her her for her specific outside perspective, and usually when I've explained the situation, she looks at me over Skype and says, all right, Karen, what do you know? And for some reason, that question always catches me off guard. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. I'm like, oh, I've got myself wrapped up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. What, what do you know? Because it stops everyone. Mm -hmm. It stops me. It stops you, Missy. Oh, my gosh. It stops people in the street. What do you know? What do you mean, what do I know? Yeah, what do you mean? What do you want to know about what I know about? Yeah. Why do you want to know what I know? (laughs) There's that trust again. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. to start with, after looking at the question and spending time with God to see if there is a, a relatively fast answer Um, that God wants to give you. And if nothing happens in that, then you go to, okay, what do I know? And you start listing what you know. So if the question is about vocation, we'll say, and you are a primary provider of your family, you can say, at this point, I know that I need to provide for my family. So that goes in the I know category. You know, if you are a list person or a chart person, there's the category, what I know, and then what I don't know, and then leave some space for, well, this was a surprise, Mm -hmm. but now I know. So you find out about yourself. So if we're talking about vocation, what do I like to do? Why do I feel like I'm being led someplace else than what my my places.
1: And you know, what's really sad. And this is just my like observation Mm. about pick any person that you come in contact with. When we were talking earlier about, you know, you can get online, you have the information everything's fast, 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 fast. When you ask that question to someone, well, what do you like to do? It is appalling how Mm. many people cannot answer that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they'll tell you everything that they do they'll tell you everything that they have to do they'll tell you everything but when you get to that well what do you like to do Mm -hmm. and and this is so raw for me right now because Mm -hmm. when Karen said you know I've been really busy we're doing college visits with our son you know he's going to be a senior this year and and he's feeling the the pressure to pick a major even though mom is saying Don't sweat it. You can pick a major later. You'll know you figure it out. Um, But we just had a conversation yesterday, Mm -hmm. and and it's making me think of this, and he brought this up. This is a 17-year-old boy, and he said, when I talk to my friends even, and I say, well, what do you like to do? Very few people can answer that. Mm -hmm. So that piece can be a real struggle for a lot of people because society has made us so focused on what we do oh
0: yeah regardless of whether we like it or not exactly
1: regardless of what because my son has been telling me well this teacher says that I have aptitude in this and this teacher says I have aptitude in this and they're all giving me these advices about majors and and these are all career paths that these Mm professionals have taken so of course they're going to advocate for theirs yeah so I'm saying well what do you like to do Mm -hmm. And that's a hard question to answer sometimes. So yeah. I've just been faced with this a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this early part of the summer so far, yeah. when we've been traveling everywhere, is how difficult it is to answer, well, what mm-hmm. do you like to do?
0: Yeah. I was listening to a Wall Street Journal podcast yesterday, uh, and it's for women in business, and the people that they bring on are worth you know millions of dollars, if, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And the woman that I was listening to yesterday, she was asked the question you know, a lot of people want to start their own businesses. What advice would you give them? I know, for a 20 minute podcast, come on now. Hello. Oh, wow. But the thing that she said that sticks with this discernment, especially if we're talking about vocation, is what can you research or study or read about for the next 40 years that you won't want to throw in a trash can and burn? Mm. Now, she didn't say that. I am a fire girl. Like, mm-hmm. I love fire metaphors. We like to burn things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. You know, but what, what would keep you excited for the next 40 years? You know, and her answer was tech and media. Mm-hmm. That's not my answer. Not me either. But she knows... She knows enough about herself to know that, you know, that's what she's interested in. And so she will probably start many more companies in tech and media because mm-hmm. she, her appetite for that information is somewhat insatiable. That's, that's, wow. So. That's very profound. Yeah. that stopped me I was like oh that's good and you
1: know one of the one of the individuals um, that we were talking with at one of these college visits and I don't remember if I told you this or not but it really is helping my son in his discernment about even what colleges Mm -hmm. to look at and Mm -hmm. what not to look at this gentleman made a very good point Um, he was very open with his faith which was interesting for a head football coach of a (laughs) college program but he said Make your decision on your college, where are you are gonna be happy for four years? You're gonna make your degree decision for what's gonna make you happy for the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. But remember, you've got 440 eternity. He said 440 forever, I'm sorry, it's what it was, because it was the illiterate. Um, illiterate, not illiterate. Yeah, alliteration. <laughs> alliteration. You know, four years, where are you gonna be happy? Friends you're gonna make, 40 years is your vacation forever, is where do you stand with the Lord mm-hmm. but his whole thing was the same telling these young men 40 years may sound like a really long time to you right now as a 17 year old but when you start working and you're doing something that you truly love mm-hmm. 40 years goes by in a heartbeat yeah and it's that same thing find that thing that you're not going to get mm-hmm. bored with and yeah. I struggle with that because mm-hmm. I I tend to get tired of things, mm-hmm. which I think is the Lord telling me that I just haven't found that mm-hmm. passion point yet that He yeah. has for me because mm-hmm. I get bored, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Well, I'm not contributing. I'm not doing." So yeah. we get wrapped up in that. And again, what am I doing? I'm mm-hmm. looking at what I do. Yeah. Um. So that's that's really interesting. Something that I don't want to like just throw away. Huh. Mhm
0: yeah so and and That's these good. are the things that when you are thinking about a discernment question and really trying to get information and sense how God might be moving in that like all kinds of things are gonna pop up. Um, you could listen to a podcast and feel like God is speaking to you through that. You could read an article on you know yahoo or m s n or whatever mm-hmm. and you're like oh well this is interesting and it could have nothing to do with the question that you have asked but it's relevant and so all of those things you file away whether it's literally or figuratively however you do that for your own discernment whether you actually write down a list of what you know and what you don't know and what you want to find out and questions you have because ultimately you will have one question but then from that come many other questions that pop up where it's like oh well i need to answer this question for myself before moving forward with my overall discernment question Uh, like what do i like to do is the question That we need to answer for ourselves generally before we go to, okay am I supposed to leave my job?
1: (laughs) That's typically a better
0: path to take when discerning than to just jump in. And so many people talk about passion and you know enthusiasm and Mm -hmm. I that's not necessarily how this works especially like in terms of following your dreams or you know whatever that is. There are practical matters that have to come into this. Right being able to pay rent is one of them Mm -hmm. or, you know, mortgage or car payment, whatever it might be. So uh, unless you are independently wealthy, you just can't decide to, you know, open up a boutique cupcake shop or something like that in a small town where you're going to get seven orders, you know, in a week, like that's not going to pay the bills. Um, So it's where this, at least for vocation, it's in terms of how does what I like to do and what I'm good at intersect with the market, intersects with what businesses are around, maybe what, what hole there is in the market, um, and then what would, have God, what would God have me do? You know, so all of these things come into it. If you're talking about vocation and vocation is one of these like people come to me all the time about vocation well, that's, so that's, that's that is I would
1: venture to say that is the most asked question of spiritual directors counselors coaches you know that people have am I because I think you reach this point and it doesn't matter if you're 25 or 85 you reach this point where you think is this really what I was created for, mm-hmm. you know, and for a lot of people that—that's hard, yeah. You know, to reach a point and say, "Is this?" Because I firmly believe that God created each and every one of us for a purpose. Mm-hmm. But our purpose for for Him creating me might have didly to do with how I pay my bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as a society, we're so wrapped up in, well, you meet someone new. You're introduced to someone. Hi, this is Karen. Hi, Karen. So nice mm-hmm. to meet you. What do you do? Yeah. And they're not asking, what do you do? Because you could say, I am a spiritual director. Or I take tap. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, I take tap yeah. lessons. <laughs> I like to do, you know, I like to do icon writing. Yeah. If you were to answer someone who, that when they said, well, what do you do with... I write icons. (laughs) They would look at you like you had 13 heads. Yeah. And not, first of all, not know what that means. Yeah. But we are so wrapped up with our job.
0: Yeah.
1: And vocation, Does our purpose, God did not create each of us for the job that we're going to hold. Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. are people who were created, and that creation... Is is shown through their job, mm-hmm. but many people, the purpose that we fill in God's great tapestry of mm-hmm. of this world, has nothing to do with with our job. That I yeah. think we've tied so much of our own identity and who we are
0: in Christ mm-hmm. with what we do. Yeah, and that and how we do it and, and how we do it. And there is um, there's this misconception that if we are not in professional ministry and i specifically call it professional ministry um, if you're not clergy if you don't work for a church then somehow the job that you do is less holy Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous Mm -hmm. just because each one of us have the opportunity to show god's love in the work that we do regardless of what it is
1: absolutely and if you're in professional ministry you know could you imagine if every believer was an elder in a church somewhere can you imagine what a train wreck that would be that
0: would be awful
1: that would be awful because who would then fill all the other important parts of the body Mm -hmm. yeah we wouldn't Mm -hmm. it would be it would be horrible but yet there is that um, kind of judgy thing out there. I remember when you were discerning about, mm-hmm. um, about seminary and then you knew that you were to go to seminary. Well, actually, your first question was, am I really supposed to go back to school? You hadn't even discerned that it was necessarily yeah. seminary at that time. Because yeah. a lot it of people just jump cool. like, over that, that piece. You were like, I think I, I remember that night. You said, I think I'm supposed to go back to school.
0: I was like, okay, for what? I don't know. Yeah, you know. And
1: then you discerned that it was seminary.
0: Well, and, and then two two words popped into my head, and this is the thing: like when to, when words randomly pop mm, into your head, pay attention. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Write them down. That is God speaking. Mm-hmm. Because the two words that came into my mind when I was discerning whether or not to go back to school were spiritual formation. Yep. And we had no idea what that even meant. No, had no idea whatsoever. No idea what that meant. So, when I was looking at seminaries, because basically the only places that would have something like that were seminaries, Mm -hmm. most of the schools that I looked at didn't have anything like that. They had masters of theological studies, they had, you know, masters of arts in religion, Bible focus, like all kinds of different things. Except for spiritual formation, which on this side of things, I'm looking back going, spiritual formation is the most important important part of our journey. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised more people don't offer this, Mm -hmm. because really, who cares about Hebrew? Like, I love Hebrew. Like
1: we like us, we really like us in
0: Hebrew, but. You know, in terms of transformation, of practical practical ministry, yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, right. Now, granted, some people like feel God in their heads, and so that would be important to them. But for like the eight, nine, and ones on the Enneagram, and even probably for the two, threes, and fours, you know, being able to master Hebrew is not is not what we're about Mm -mm. in any way. Because much more practical, right? In terms of well, how does this really work? And so, you know, I'm, I'm surprised more seminaries don't offer more classes in spiritual formation or, and teaching spiritual formation.
1: A lot of people are afraid of it. It's hard work. What you help people do. <laughs> it's hard work. Well, that but is true. But it's so, so important, and it's so meaningful but it is hard work.
0: And that's when you talked about being attached and having a bias to the answer to mm-hmm. the question. That's where this comes into play so incredibly strongly because we all have attachments. Absolutely. And if you are attached to a yes or a no or a left and a right, then you're, you're inherently rooting for a certain answer. And so we have to acknowledge it, and that's the first part of things, and often a spiritual director can can help with that and notice if you're attached to something in the process. Um, my spiritual director does this to me all the time. You do this to me all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know that I do this
1: to but her because she generally
0: just doesn't tell me anymore. Right.
1: Well, because it's just a bygone conclusion. Um but you need to have that that unbiased ear listen to you and again it has to be some someone that you trust and it doesn't have to be like a close friend that's where a spiritual director mm-hmm. really can be important because when you have that bias your brain and your emotions will create every scenario mm-hmm. to support that you do not have a bias yep to fool you into mm-hmm. thinking that you don't yeah. Um, so it's, it's really, it's like the emperor showing up naked, like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, I thought I was being completely neutral on this when in actuality, no, 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 I was doing everything I could to steer my discernment the way that I thought and newsflash, you know, God's sense of humor, he uses as a tool, Mm -hmm. I was going to say a weapon, (laughs) he uses it as a tool (laughs) With me, because if I have a bias and I really, really, really want God to affirm what I want mm-hmm. to do, guess what He does? He He takes me one hundred and eighty degrees the other direction and says, "Oh no, 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 yeah, no." no. I am closing that door, mm-hmm. and you are going to go through this other door, and I am kicking and screaming. But then when I go through that other door, I see that oh, this is so great. <laughs> he only has what is good
0: yeah. for me, mm-hmm.
1: and why I am hanging on. To this other idea. idea but yeah. but that bias, it can be really, really, really big hindrance yeah. to hearing the voice of God. When you're so busy listening to yourself tell mm-hmm. yourself all the reasons why God's
0: going to agree with you, yeah. that is a red flag. Yeah, and in um, the way of St. Ignatius of Loyola, oh. because... He's well, my boy. Well,
1: you are down with Ignatius. I am down
0: with Ignatius. <laughs> he talks about attachment and detachment. And attachment is exactly what Missy and I have been talking about in terms of bias. It is, how do I want this outcome to be? And detachment is not a lack of caring about the outcome necessarily, uh, but it is a detachment from wanting a certain outcome. So in order to do discernment, Ignatius very clearly says, well, you have to be detached. You have to be what he also also calls indifferent um, and have a holy indifference to things. And so it's it's a focus on what is best for you as a person, what is best for your family, what is what is God asking you to do? And if the desire is for that, even if you don't know what that is, that's a healthy detachment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a holy indifference where you want the best of what God has for you, regardless of what the answer to the question might be. So that's, that's all part of this information gathering, this knowing. What do I know? Oh, I know I'm attached an outcome Mm -hmm. and so when you acknowledge it and then ask for god's help then transformation can begin so that you end up being detached so that whatever happens you are joyous that something has actually happened
1: right right (laughs) and when you're detached you know that it really is god's Mm God's way for you. And, uh, you know, a pastor that we had who was so, so, so important in my and Karen's Mm. journey. I mean, he just, boy, he could could (laughs) whack you with a two by four up the head and do it with the sweetest words. But, you know, I remember at one point when I was really struggling with this, but I want it to be Mm. this way. You know, and he talked with me a lot about, you know, the ambiguity and you just have to be in the moment and, you know, what is it that you want from me? And I'll never forget when he used something that I am fairly certain all of our listeners have been able to recite for many, many years, decades in some cases, which is the Lord's Prayer. And I'll never forget this pastor saying to me, if you are attached to a certain outcome, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're a liar. I'll never forget Mm -hmm. and saying that to me because what do we say what what are we saying back to God we're saying back to him your will be done Mm
0: -hmm.
1: your will be done yeah when we are praying through discernment with the end game in mind and and not necessarily the end game being I want God's will for my life but God I want your will to be such for my life then we're lying when we're yeah. praying, and boy, that hurt me. Mm-hmm. I remember that hurt me, and it made me realize that the disciples said to Jesus, "Teach us how to pray." Mm-hmm. And He said, "All right, yeah. here's how. Here, here you go. You know, it's
0: not." And it was like one bazinga after the next. Oh, whack, 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 yeah. whack. You know, forgive us as we forgive <laughs> our debtors, like. I mean, you give if, us today or today, day not today, not, not two
1: years from now, not tomorrow, not next week. You know, that reliance mm-hmm. upon him every day, every day, you know, not taking today's blessing and saving it for tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: you know, coming into each day. But when you dissect things like that and you're looking through a discernment lens, it's chalk. Of mm-hmm. of wisdom and guidance and saying let go. Oh, mm-hmm. I saw a bumper sticker the other day, let go and let God. I mean, I hadn't heard that for years, and I'm thinking, oh, ser- I mean, here I am behind the car sitting at the red light, being judgy. If you listen to our personality typecasting, newsflash, yeah, reminder, Jay is strong in this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm like, oh, for real. And then it, it struck me, mm-hmm. what am I, like, why did I find that offensive? Yeah. What am I holding, are you holding into on to that God is saying, let it go mm-hmm. and let me have this? So this is a continual learning mm-hmm. process. But I remember that pastor saying that to me. He was like, mm-hmm. Jesus said, All right, you want to know how to pray? Here you go. You know, God, your will be done. Mm-hmm. Isn't that yeah. what we're asking when we're discerning a decision? Isn't mm-hmm. that our end game? Yeah. Lord, show me your way.
0: Mhm. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Attachments are tough. They are tough. Attachments are tough. And yeah. especially when you don't realize you have them.
0: Yeah, or like I can I can become fairly indifferent pretty quickly, which is surprising to me, but you're good at that. You've become. I've become good at that. You've become good at that. Um, Yeah, again, it's a muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, oh. (laughs) I do, I have that, like, oh moment. Yes, you do. And then it's like, okay, well, I I need to get rid of that. And the analogy I use often with people is, you know, what are you holding on to? Like, I literally hold my hands Mm -hmm. out and clench them in fists. And I look at them and say, this is what you're doing. When you say you want a certain outcome, you yep. are clenching your fists. So whatever it is that you have in your hand is all you can accept. But if you open your hands, God can put whatever he wants in them. And like you said before, it is always for the good. Always. Always. I mean, there are Which no is-
1: certainties in our world other than we're not going to, you know, we're not going to beat death here. Yeah. Uh, well, asterisks. And taxes. If, if Jesus comes back, true, before my body gives out, then I yeah. won't. But, you know, presumably, that's the only certainty. Yeah. I mean, and even, you know, they used to say, what, death and taxes? Well, that's even up for, dis- up for discussion because some people, I mean, I know someone who's like, ah, I haven't filed my taxes in years. I'm like, ah, you know, crazy. I know, right? Oh my God. Like, I am here looking horrified. Well, I mean, we are such rules followers. Like,
0: that would just never, ever cross I my know. mind to break a law like that. that's crazy fill out my taxes because the last thing I want is for IRS oh. to literally show up on my door who needs that hassle I know
1: <laughs> but you know the the certainty that we have in the Lord is I mean he tells us I will give you what is best for you mm-hmm. now that might not be something that is comfortable for us He does not I'm not a prosperity gospel Mm -hmm. follower like oh as soon as I accept Christ as my Savior I'm gonna have a Mercedes and a vacation home Mm -hmm. that's not what scripture says he actually says the opposite he says you know and be prepared you know you're gonna carry your cross because you know it's not gonna be easy but but when he brings things into our lives even if we can't see the blessing we know that it is for good yeah and I've and that's been an in an
0: ultimate trust issue and I
1: exactly I've been in situations where I've had a hard time trusting that mm-hmm. um, so that's one of those things when you know when we started and you said you know there are things that you know that you know
0: hmm
1: I know that God will only give me things for my good that is not me saying he's going to give me sunshine and daisies yeah. every day of my life because I live in a fallen world mm-hmm. I am born a sinner I am surrounded by temptation. I am surrounded by sin. Yeah. So it clings. I have no expectation that I'm going to have a fat dumb and happy life because I'm not in heaven. I'm not I'm not with the Lord yet. Yeah. That's going to come. But that doesn't mean that that he can't make good things come out of what the enemy brings in my life that's mm-hmm. bad like it's that trust thing, and boy that took me years mm-hmm. to work through because yeah. I I came into my faith with a lot of questions and a lot of doubts and a lot of um, distrust mm-hmm. like he, I
0: think a lot of people do I came that way I was such a control freak well I didn't even trust myself no at all
1: and isn't it funny I mean like funny funny both in irony and just (laughs) knee slap (laughs) that he brought the two of us together Mm -hmm. to bring us through the transformation because we were so far Mm -hmm. to an extreme yeah it's like a wonder we didn't
0: (laughs) (laughs) self-combust yeah like when the two of us were together it's amazing we just didn't catch fire
1: but as I've thought about that over the years, I really think that, you know, God brings people into your life for very specific reasons and and if I hadn't had Karen, and I think if she hadn't had me, where we could be so raw mm-hmm. with each other, with what we were thinking, what we were feeling, what we were questioning and say those things out loud that mm-hmm. other people would have been like oh I can't believe you would think that let alone say it but yeah. I knew that I could say that to you and you wouldn't
0: wouldn't flinch you wouldn't even flinch you know I was like I wanted to kill God yesterday which what have you done lately
1: <laughs> I mean I remember those days when you were like if I could kill God I would you know yep. and and other people when they heard us talking about that they they were like mortified I mean a couple of them have not really
0: oh that's true interacted
1: with us since then I think they thought it was catching or something, you know, like <laughs> cooties or something.
0: But, I forgot um forgot about that. Oh,
1: yeah. People ran from us. They ran, literally. Not, not well, like I'm not imagination. We like... They turned around and walked away from us because I think they were afraid that we were crossing some line.
0: And we would be struck by lightning or
1: something. Yeah, that God was going to, like, strike us down. But you know what? I believe that when we were so raw, we were so honest, we were so vulnerable that God looked down at us and was like, those are my girls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those are my girls. Yeah, They can be that way with me because I'm the only person that they can trust to be that way with. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. I finally embraced that, it opened up the mm-hmm. discernment for me yeah. and helped me overcome. I still have attachments, I still struggle with these things, I will every day this side of heaven, whenever that happens mm-hmm. that's a whole other podcast I'm not sure when that happens but you know but I'm but I recognize it faster mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I'm trying yeah. to get my way mm-hmm. ugh
0: yeah and well that's... I wish
1: that could just be taken
0: away from me but it's not
1: and... <laughs> yeah that's
0: one of those things that we pray for and it's it's you're just wasting your breath mm-hmm. we all waste our breath when we're like you know God if you could just take this away from me mm-hmm. yeah no yeah if if you find
1: yourself praying that,
0: welcome to the unicorn club. Because yes. I, I still yes. do. We, we have our murder spikes, and they sometimes have pom poms and or disco balls. swinging from. But they are the still. Them. But
1: they are still murder spikes. But they are still
0: murder spikes. Please
1: understand, we are talking about a unicorn spike. Spike.
0: Yeah, and it is. Murder we just spike. think that it's a murder spike. Yeah, there was a cartoon. Yeah, I posted on my Facebook page. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was all about the murder spike, because there was a little girl and she was like, "Oh, you're so precious, you're so pretty." He was like, "I uh, I have a murder spike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am dangerous. Fear my fear. murder spike." Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I can, you know, put I love flowers. your horn. <laughs> I can put flowers in your in your mane." He was like, "This is a rainbow of disaster and despair." <laughs> like it was very ironic to us. Please, if you're on the interwebs, <laughs> yeah to
1: Karen's Facebook page because it's a fantastic cartoon.
0: Yeah, it's been a while ago. I'll have to find it and repost it. I'm. I will try and post it. Well, I once I find it, because it is now hard to find things in your timeline. Yeah. I've noticed. Um, I will put it on our Waterworks Ministries Facebook page yeah. so that you can you can see what Missy and I consider to be whimsy. <laughs> Uh, and you know, in all honesty, I am having a really hard time coming to terms with the fact that I am not whimsical. I am that, too. That has kind of crushed me. <laughs> and, and if that, and if
1: the person that shared that with us is listening, please, we mean nothing <laughs> no. ill against that. This is all on us. This has yeah. nothing to do with the messenger. Like, oh,
0: I perceive myself I, in a
1: completely different way. I really thought <laughs> we were filled with whimsy and joy and funny, and then we were told we weren't. It was crushing oh. blow. Yeah. I like, oh. But I asked my family, and <laughs> and they agreed with listener who said, "Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see whimsy."
0: Yeah, Pat, my husband snorted.
1: Yeah. At me. My, my son rolled his eyes and was like, "Seriously, whimsy? <laughs> I would never call you whimsy,
0: <laughs> whimsical. I would never." <laughs> I'm
1: like, "Really?" I thought I was. So.
0: So, So anyways, you can. So, apparently, we have an attachment to our understanding of who we are as whimsical. And Um, I don't know why it's so important, but it kind of was. Apparently, something I need to talk about with my spiritual director. (laughs) Like, why am I attached to whimsy? Gosh darn it! Yeah. Gosh darn it! Yeah, and oh, I can't wait to have that conversation. That's gonna be good stuff. But uh, yes, so murder spikes whimsy when you don't know shit when you Um, don't know shit
1: this is god knows everything so it's okay not to know
0: well and it's okay
1: because as long as you're willing to ask
0: yeah be willing to ask and so the next episode on discernment will be what happens when you think you get an answer so because we've talked about and so for those of you who actually take notes during the podcast First, I don't know if anybody actually does this, but here's a list. Here's a step-by-step flow chart for you because that is one of my love languages. Missy is sitting over here with her eyes closed, shaking her head, laughing. If at only
1: me. she could do it in an Excel spreadsheet, she'd be even happier. Oh my
0: gosh! Yeah, like oh.
1: beauty. Nineteen nineties are calling. They, they are. want the
0: spreadsheet back. Leave Excel <laughs> alone. It's my love language. I know. So first is develop a yes or no question second is sit with God with that question and sense if it's the right question to be asking or if there needs to be a question before the question so once you've done that evaluation process go back and sit with the question again then look at what you know about yourself about the situation about the question itself. Mm-hmm. Figure out and look and see if there's any holes that you need to fill in, in terms of information gathering. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's around vocation. Mm-hmm. Figure out what's happening in the market. Figure out you know, projections. Um, look at all kinds of different things. Find the information you need. Identify what you don't know. And then have a third column for, oh, this is what I didn't know that I didn't know, but now I know. Um, and then when you're done with that, sit with it again. And continue to sit with God and your question while you're going through this information gathering. Because God might give you some surprise words. You know, pay attention to those. God might give you an image. Um You know, all kinds of things may happen in this discernment process. And so if you take nothing else from this podcast today, it is about the relationship. It is about the trust that you have for yourself, for God, with God, in these things, and how you are spending time with God. Because that's the whole purpose. Like all this other stuff that we joked about is, you know, is all true. You know, we have our bias. But if we're really focused on becoming who God has created us to be, then we will want to let go of those things and want them to fall away. And the only way that that happens most often is if we're being intentional about, about our growth and about our transformation. And that one of the ways that that can happen is through our discernment process. So all right, party people. Um, check out the website, www.waterworksministries.org. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, at Waterworks Ministries. And we are expanding, um, holding lots of appointments on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and potentially Friday mornings. So give us a holler. We have space for you. And get in touch with us and have a wonderful rest of your day. Grace and peace, everybody.